till we couldn't shake no more. We got down on our knees when cancer knocked at our door. We got kicked in the ass. We gave lots of sass. Oh, when it rains, it falls into this half full glass. Oh, thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. Victories in the dark. Hi, I'm Mimi Hall. And I'm Leanna House. And you're listening to Thanks Cancer. We are two cancer friends. And we're not doctors. We're not nurses. We're not shrinks. We're not psychics. We're not shamans. No, and cancer's pretty hard, too. I mean, cancer's a little hard. You might hear some swearing words in the episode. Ben, we hope you'll enjoy it. This is the podcast we wish that we had when we were going through our treatment. Hey, Liana. Hi, memes. Hey. So we are talking about this sort of not cheery uh, topic today. Are any of our topics cheery? Yeah, like... (laughs) (laughs) Like our anniversary? I love your grab bag. Okay. (laughs) Grab bag. Grab bag. So we need you another one. So today we're talking about chemo brain, which I don't think is always... Okay, so chemo brain has a really bad rap, right? It has terrible PR. Right, but I believe that there's also... It's like a 2.0. It's kind of just like about getting to know your new brain, which is sort of, I think, what happens in our lives anyway. But I think it happens really extreme. Um, But did you feel something like chemo brain? Like, how do you explain it? So I have a psychologist friend who I talk to because she does some work with chemo brain. And I asked her, like, should I be worried about this? And she's like, no, you you are, like, always using your brain, and it's less pronounced. The, the consequences of chemo on cognitive function are less pronounced if you are someone who reads all the time or is always, always, like, looking at puzzles or thinking. If you're someone who just, you know, does Sudoku and watches TV all day, then maybe you'll have more problems. But people who our readers or like a higher intelligence is correlated with less cognitive impairment after chemo. And so I was like, I was going into it thinking like nothing would happen to me. Oh man. (laughs) Which was the wrong way to think about it probably because that's terrible expectations, right? I had no expectations. So I, I, yeah, I don't even know. So what did you know about chemo brain? I didn't know that chemo brain existed Mm because no one in my family had ever had cancer I wasn't involved in the medical world. I was involved in the local food world, and no one I knew really had cancer. That was a good friend of mine or anything. I was the first, you know, right. of our group or whatever. And I still don't know that many. So, yeah, I didn't know much about chemo brain. I wouldn't even think about it. I just thought about brain. No chemo brain. <laughs> brain. Basic brain. Which is like that. And that's the, and that's the whole thing. It's like, aren't we always all working on our brain and like where does the chemo brain end and the brain begin and the trauma end and the trauma you know what I mean it's like a lot of them diagrams that I, are confusing I guess so but I for me it was very very pronounced yeah I mean I do have to say like I went through it I went through something like when did you notice so oh wait should we define chemo brain first I mean, does anyone not know what chemo brain is? Chemo brain is, like, associated with forgetfulness, mostly. I feel like it's a pretty amorphous term, really, and no one's really known exactly what causes it. Or they, People have a lot of ideas about the causations, but no real idea. And it's, it's like a punchline. 
like, I remember my mom going through chemo and she was like, oh, chemo brain. So the way my oncologist described it is this, when you're going through medications like Taxol, that you lose brain cells, but they don't regrow during that period of time. Now, what I feel happens afterwards is there's a huge amount of regrowth. That's what happened for me. And, you know, and I regrew differently. Okay, so when you're going through chemotherapy, you are losing brain cells at the same rate that you always do. Same rate. But usually when you're not in chemo, those brain cells also regrow, but during chemo, they don't regrow. Correct. Okay, and then after chemo ends, there's like a resurgence of growth. Correct. Okay. So when... Which is weird. I mean, think about it. It's like taking a vine down to the mother root. You know what I mean? And then it regrows. And I feel like that's, with a little bit of the research that I did, that seems to be in a way what happens to our neural pathways. We'll get into that more maybe down the road, but like, it, it really felt weird. I mean, I remember one of the first times I realized I'd really changed was when I was in a bookstore... And I could not figure out what book to buy. And usually I'd be leaving the bookstore with like 20 books, but I just couldn't. So what was the timeline on this? Like, where were you in your treatment? It took a while for it to set in, I guess. I mean, I had, so I had TDM1, which is like an immunotherapy treatment first. And that didn't affect me with chemo brain, personally. I mean, it did to a point, but not to the point where I stopped reading or had an issue with it. Now... Taxol treatment number two or three, boom. Suddenly, all I want to do is watch Netflix, and I do not want to read. Not that I can't read. I don't want to read. This is weird. This is someone who reads, like, a book every day or two. Strange. Well, I had I had the same thing. I thought that, because I'm a voracious reader, too, and I thought that I would have all this downtime. Okay. And I would read and I couldn't, like, I could not, I could not, like, I could not sit there and concentrate long enough. And it, it kicked in very, very soon because I, I had AC first and anthrosomyosin or whatever. That's tough shit. And it was like, it was like two weeks in when I was losing my hair. I'm like, I cannot read books. I can't concentrate long enough. Yeah, it's weird. It seems to be correlated with losing the hair, which is, I think, when it hits your brain big time. No joke, right? Because, like, I don't know, your hair's in your brain. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think so. We are medical geniuses. Right? Wow, we just (laughs) figure something out for everyone. But, like, I do believe that's probably happening. You're welcome. So, yeah, I think that was when mine kicked in, too. And it was really weird. Like, it's funny because I can still read really quickly, maybe more quickly than ever. But I'm just not compelled to read as much. And I don't. Oh, here's another thing. I used to love newspapers and magazines. And now I find these formats. I hate to say it. I find them repugnant. I find Uh them awful i find them like so archaic and like contrived contrived overwhelming a function of the printing press so yeah i mean sneak preview i believe that like i've recreated like in the present a little bit more than the past that i originally created and i feel more aligned with i don't know um i just feel different a little bit after my experience which isn't all negative but anyway when did you realize that you had chemo brain though like when did it hit you um, it was it was very early on in the chemo experience, but what I always wondered was 
okay, so chemo brain is like forgetfulness. But like, I just got this huge news that like, I have motherfucking cancer. And you know, you have to juggle your whole entire life. And you're going through like all of these psychological stressors and traumas. And like, where does that cognitive effect end and like the the physical effects of chemo begin? Like, I don't know, you, you can't really tease out those differences. So which is why chemo brains considered so amorphous, I think. Possibly. So I have a job that's very, very technical in a lot of ways. And it's, it's all about juggling deadlines and remembering and like, really, so many, like, there's one thing that I have to do. But in order to do that one thing, I have to go and look at all of the effects of that thing on Mm. a million other things and the causes of that thing, like from four different angles. And so like, for me, I noticed that my job wasn't easy anymore. Mm. Like it was really, really hard for me to juggle deadlines and to, to do the amount of learning that I have to do in order to do my job well. So that was, that was very, very painful. And it was, you know, six months into a new job and I'm already like, and in your kind of work, it's like whatever you do in the first like year or two is well in my job, like it takes you a year or two to even get good at, I know at that even functional at your, like, it's so crazy. So that was, that was really hard. I also like, I tried to take more time off than I was kind of allowed to take. Um, well, just cause it was weird and deadlines and, you know, federal government and whatever. Yeah. But, but I like, I, I had never cried about my job because it's like, you know, you do your job, whatever. Just shut up. Yeah. Right. Or not, not, you know what I mean? Like, just like suck it up. But I was like, up in the night bawling about my job and that's not that's not I don't know it was just everything was harder um I couldn't I couldn't just everything was hard I couldn't float anymore I had to like I was treading water and I was drowning you were dying a little bit under chemotherapy and radiation too I mean that's what we're talking about here is like you send yourself into a death during the chemotherapy, like, and you're willingly doing it. And it's, I'm sorry, I'm just going to speak frankly here. It is a complete mindfucker because you're killing yourself whilst trying to keep yourself together. So insurance can be paid, bills can be paid, whatnot. Come on, bad news bears. Well, like it is, it is a total mindfuck even outside the physical effects of chemotherapy. Sure. But then on top of that, to feel like you're dying and willingly dying, doing that whole thing where you go back again and again and again, daily, weekly, every three weeks, whatever. Yeah. Why do we do that? Because we wanted to live and it's like this mind never matter thing, but that also in and of itself, I think changes your neural channels when you're going through this too. I really believe that. I mean, I just think that like having to face death, because I find myself to be more akin to like the older ladies I've known with my attitude. Sometimes I'm so sassy. <laughs> you are very sassy. Yeah, I don't I hold back. I don't hold back because I've been through it. Do you know what I mean? And if I need to, I can be like, hey, here's what I think. And like people are like, hmm, preach a little bit. You know what I mean? And it's different now. Well, you find yourself relating to the older 
people and I find myself relating a lot to the younger generation because Generation Z is like jokes about death all the time and is like very nihilistic. It's weird too, but I also find myself relating to like younger people because I feel like I developed in that frame a little bit more. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, it's weird. I, it doesn't matter about me, but I do think everyone redevelops at 2.0. So, I mean, I think that's, I don't know, I think that's true. How did it manifest? Yeah, like how? So, one of the other things that happened very early on in my chemo experience is all of the sudden, groceries became super complicated. Like I would go into the grocery store and like, I would think about, you know, like I've been feeding myself and cooking for myself for, I don't know, 20 years. Right. And all of the sudden I would go into the grocery store and pick up a couple of things and then get way too overwhelmed by how stressful it all was and abandon my cart and just walk out because like I could not, because part of it is when you go grocery shopping or when you cook, like you have to think about a lot of different things, timing. right? You have to think about timing, but even like grocery shopping, like what do I have at home? What do I need to buy? Like, okay, if I buy tortillas, then I need to buy cheese. And where is the cheese? You know, like just all of those things became way, way too complicated. And someone got me um, like Blue Apron. And that, that was also way too complicated. Like, it was what? overwhelming. Everything was overwhelming. And, like, I could do, like, frozen pot pies and, like, mac and cheese and takeout. And that's what I did for, like, two years. Yeah. Because I could not. It was way... It stressed me out. And with the cooking itself, it was, it was the timing. Because, I mean, I'm really good at, like, easy and one pot kind of right. stuff. But even with one pot kind of stuff, you have to like figure out like cooking. You have to figure out like when you have to prep things and like how you time what gets done at the same time. And like, I couldn't like, even still it's a little bit of a struggle. Like I really have to ease into it because it's, it's really hard for me to think about how timing works and how to make everything come out when it should like I don't I don't know did you find the same thing or did you have like different struggles yeah I think I had different struggles I was cooking a lot but here's something that's interesting this is just sort of apropos of nothing but we were talking about a grab bag was our favorite episode so I'm just gonna throw this out there I could cook but I just want to put out there as a warning things that you cooked obsessively and craved obsessively like for me it was emperor mushrooms and lasagna and these like really good like faux meat cheesy meatballs from this place called Pulpo in London which is amazing and I just made them all obsessively while I was going through cancer and now I just don't eat them because they remind me I have a taste aversion to them because they remind me of going through chemo my mom warned me that that would happen, but there's almost nothing you can do about it because you just have to, like, eat what you need to eat in the moment, you know? Like, everything sounds terrible, so you have right. to eat what you can. Yeah. Right. But with the food stuff, for me, I just found, like, I needed to be taken care of and I needed to get what I needed when I needed it. Like, my taste buds were changing constantly. 
And I just like needed to be like, okay, now I need arugula, which I've never wanted to eat in my life. But suddenly like my immune system's changed. I'm not fighting cancer anymore. I need like bitter greens. As far as like my mind and cooking, um, I don't know. It didn't really change for me with cooking. It, it didn't affect me too much with that, except I found myself actually really getting better at it probably because I just started doing it more and more and more and more for myself. You know what I mean? Practice makes perfect. Yeah, exactly. That was it. It was like, I was just like getting like better kind of knowing what I needed and didn't need. Do you know what I mean? And simplifying a lot more, just honing down a lot more. Anyway, that was my experience. It wasn't negative. It was just different. Do you know what I mean? Where I was like, I don't need this, but I need that. Do you know what I mean? And I don't, you can see I have a pretty simple did you have other like cognitive issues? Oh my God. I think I have so many. Like, so for a while I kept waking up and saying, whose house is this? Like, whose clothes you... are these? Like, it was just so weird. I really felt otherworldly. And then I started to come into myself again and I didn't feel that anymore. Do you know what I mean? But like, I really do feel that that was the actual experience in a way. Like, I don't feel like I'm crazy for feeling that way. It was like, oh my God, I am a different person. Chemotherapy takes your mind through something and your mind takes your soul and your spirit through something and your emotions through something. And no one's dealing with that. I mean, I see great people. You know what I mean? I think you do too. But this is really subtle modalities of changing your neural pathways at the age of what, like 44 to 47 when I was going through treatment. And then all of the surgeries, like I'd never even been in the hospital before. All of these breast surgeries to get my breasts done and stuff like that. And then like, that's going to have an effect on you. And then all the follow-up stuff when we were trying to figure out what's going on with my blood, you know what I mean? Like all of it, like... I, I'd never been under that much. I think all the anesthesia will honestly just change you. The anesthesia is like no fucking joke. Yeah, I love it. But it is just like you come out of it a little changed each and every time, I think. I agree. And each yeah. and every time it takes a little bit longer to like come back into yourself. And yeah. And you can really get screwed up from colds and stuff like that. God bless people have to go through this now. It's because it's really, it's tough. I mean, I, I just, I never was a person who got any surgery. I never had any surgery. And suddenly it's like, I'm on the slab, like all the time. Like, never had an IV. Like, you know what I mean? Just like all of these things that never have I ever. And then also having to take in, I was talking to my parents about this, this weekend about how I had always had this conception of myself as a very, very healthy person. And suddenly I find out I have cancer. Oh, on top of that, your heart is backwards and, like, on the opposite side of your body for most people, sort of. And then you have a hole in it, too. And it just goes on and on and on. It's like, oh, my God, wait. Like, just a few years ago, I thought I was, or even a few months ago at the time when I'm getting these diagnoses, I'm like, I was perfect. And suddenly it's like, I have this, 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 and that. Do you know what I mean? And I'm like a person with a disability. It, it just was, that is such a mind fucker. How could that trauma not change in the pathways? Yeah. So I think, I guess this is a very long way way of saying like, I, I think, so you've got the, you've got the chemical response and then you've got the actual, the just trauma, right? Yeah. I mean, don't you think so? Like you were in a job that was really difficult. Oh. 
I switched jobs in the middle of it. Right. Which was, I would not recommend unless your job, unless where you're at is terrible. And where I was at was terrible. I had to leave. Um, But it was, it was, it was awful trying to learn a new job when I'm dealing with the cognitive effects of chemo because I used to have a little bit of a photographic memory and like if I read something I would remember it and I could visualize it and that went away (sighs) and it was really weird because I used to I used to not be able to absorb information auditorially and now that's my preferred way of getting right. information. Like that's your superpower too. And you're editing our podcast. You know what I mean? And no, I mean, seriously, like that's the thing. Like it's like, that's kind of the superpower, right? Well, you have to, you have to find those trade-offs. You have to find, you have to find where things are weird and things are different. And you find what you can still do and how to do the things that you want. So I found that I, when I write, I don't need to edit as much. It just comes out, boom. Yeah, my, I, mean, I have a process, you know, at this point of my life, I have a process of writing and I do a lot of writing and all of the work I've ever done. And I just now, I write a lot faster. I think a lot faster um, in certain ways. I, but I've lost pieces. I mean, completely. I do not read books at the pace I used to. I know, but I can. I mean, if I want to, but I just don't want to. I'm not compelled. I'm interested in different stuff. It's weird. I can't explain it. It is weird. I'm I'm getting to the point where I can actually sit down and read a book now, where I couldn't for three years. For right. three years, like, I couldn't read a book. I would listen right. to audiobooks because that's the only... And that's why I started the podcast. Right. Like, I Me can't, too. That's the podcast is how I could get information, especially going through cancer. Like I had to during chemo, like those audiobooks were a lifesaver. Libby, get on your library. Your local library has the Libby. Right. No, I, I completely agree. That's exactly me too. And I think there's so many other people who talk to us about this or listeners who reach out to us and tell us this because there's something here about the reading. It's very strange. I mean, Again, it's not like I can't read. I just don't even feel compelled. And I want to listen to podcasts. I want to listen to audiobooks. I want to get media in a different way. Um, these things are more modern. They're available to us. I wonder what women's experiences were like 50 years ago. Do not, no, no, not that. That's going too far back. But you know what I mean? Like, whatever, 15 years ago. We should talk to some older survivors. Yeah, I think that would be interesting. Some people who were treated like 30 or 40 years ago. Yeah. And I think to end this, like, too, like, we don't even have any answers for this. Like, I mean, (laughs) we have lots of questions in the job. (laughs) Yeah. So Leanne and I both said, like, hey, let's, like, we'll, like, do some. Because I've been reading a little bit about this. Um, Just trying to understand how our neural pathways form a little bit under the influence of chemotherapy. So I think we're going to do a follow-up episode where we talk about... A to-be-continued? Yeah, I think it's a TBC. Okay. Yeah. So... Stay tuned. (laughs) For the next episode... (laughs) We'll be back with more... cancer. On... uh, What did we forget? (laughs) 
That will also be instructive. That will be in. That will so, inform all of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, thanks. Thanks, Chemo Brain. All right. Thanks, Leanna. Thanks, Mamie. Thanks, Cancer. Thanks, Cancer. That was our episode. Thanks for listening to Thanks, Cancer. If you guys enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you would give us a review on iTunes or Google Play. And you can find us on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook at Thanks, Cancer. And please, we'd love to hear from you, your stories. Your protocols. Exactly. Advice that you have to share with the community. So send us your audio files at info at thanksCancer.com. Well, the traffic stopped you lay on the horn and you ask yourself, where is my cancer unicorn? But we're at the gate with your We're your passport date Cause cancer's damn hot Oh, thanks cancer Thanks cancer Thanks cancer Victories in the dark